Rooted in Revenue with your host today, Susan Finch. everybody, Susan Finch here, your host today for Rooted in Revenue, and I'm very excited. I've been introduced to the skills, talent, wisdom of Todd Duncan, and he's going to be our guest today on the show. And if you don't know Todd yet, he's built a successful real estate and mortgage business before committing his life to helping others do the same. Hmm. Sounds like another amazing funnel radio host that we have. Nicole Ruth, you know, from Fairway Mortgage out of Colorado on the Double Comma Club. I bet these two would get along really well. Well, Todd's the author of 17 books. He's no stranger to the New York Times bestsellers list. Just check him out and you will see because you might have to add to that stack of your current reading list. But what really grabbed me was the fact that Todd continues to help people. This is his mission is to help them fall in love with their life by maximizing efficiency, their compensation, earning what they're truly worth. How many of you can say that you are doing that, that you can confidently say, yeah, I'm being paid exactly what I'm worth, or you don't realize how much you're worth and living your life to the fullest. So when you're in sales, and we know that this show is a lot about sales, it's critical because we've talked about on many podcasts that Funnel Radio produces, tone is critical. They can hear your insecurity and it will eat at your soul eventually. So Todd helps you overcome that, break bad habits, develop the best habits. Welcome, Todd. I'm so glad you're here. Susan, great to be with you and uh, the tribe and uh, can't wait to have a little riff with you and talk about everything good for people and selling and uh, uh, see what we can do to help them elevate their life experience and uh, look forward to our time together. Thanks for having me. Well, you're welcome. One of the topics that was presented as something that you would love to talk about was building trust and relationships. That is near and dear to me because I can brag that I've had some of my clients for 20 plus years. And that's why. And how to achieve those faster and permanent levels of success. And it is about relationships. So that doesn't sound like a new thing to me. What has changed? Why is there a new focus back on this Has it always been there or is it just the current trend again that cycled back through? What do you say? Yeah, you know, trust is, uh, it's a very easy, simple, short word, and it has the greatest impact on everything we do in our in our life not not just our business but our life and when we talk about high trust we're obviously talking about getting to a level where you have the highest level of trust which if you think about how that cascades over a sales career if I have the highest level of trust that means I I don't have any tension in the relationship I I have collaboration freely in the relationship if I got your back and you got my back we win together it's not you me uh, it is us and the other thing that's important is that when you have really, really deep, high-trust relationships, you're emotionally connected, not just economically tied to each other, right? So many people that you know have to talk about their product and service and, and how much it costs, we can do that. But if we don't have a deeply connected emotional relationship, if we haven't asked some of the questions about what really drives a buyer, maybe, or what really drives a business owner and, and what are they really looking for in all of that, the more we know about that, the, the higher the trust will be. And when trust is high, um, loyalty goes up, referrals go up, 
um, negotiation gets easier and there's zero downside. I tell people all the time that trust is your superpower. And if you know how to build it and you understand performance trust, you understand relationship trust, you understand emotional trust and you understand economic trust, those four things um, create a relationship that will last a lifetime. And I think, you know, I think for people to, to really get excited about this concept is to realize that um, the better you get a business, the better business gets for you. And in selling, you're not selling, you're connecting. And when you connect, you collaborate. When you collaborate, you close. And when you close, you build that cemented relationship. So I don't know that it's it's not a new trend. It's a word that is getting elevated and illuminated, particularly when we look at society today. And we look at how much distrust there is in, in, in industry and sectors and and government and NGOs. And I mean, it's a big deal. It's a little word that has big impact. I don't know if it's just in the last year or two, but what I've noticed is people taking a little more time now to listen. And I'm enjoying it so much. I'm enjoying conversations more than ever because I feel as if, and not that people ignored me and blew me off or were doing 15 things at once before, but I can feel the difference. I can feel the listening the engagement and the wanting to match up, connect, find a story that identifies with it. And it has added so much enjoyment to my engagement as I'm building new clients, engaging with prospects, <laughs> just engaging with people that I appreciate what they're saying and sharing. And I'm seeing that difference. Have you noticed that? Well, I think I think the, the thing that is the difference is when people start to understand that um, I can actually talk less and sell more. And there's art and there's science to what we call conversational productivity. Conversational productivity is about 80% of any dialogue with a client should be focused on listening to the answers that the great questions, which take 20% of the time when asked, give you the greatest detail give you the greatest information. I was talking to a, a really successful real estate person the other day and, and I looked at him and I said, so what, what are you passionate about? What brings you alive? And that's all I, that was my question. And five minutes later, he was still telling me the things that he was passionate about that brought him alive. And then when we look at active listening, people have always kind of understood that listening is a big deal, but the reason they call it active listening is that if I'm asking the right questions and I truly want to get to know you and I am listening, I'm listening not with the intent to sell, but I'm listening with the intent to solve. Active listening means I'm listening for an action that I could take because I'm hearing it and in doing so add value to your life surprise you and delight you because you are going to you heard me you heard me you know and so i think that you know it, it's so important to listen and then the, there's this little subtle art so like if i ask you know what are you passionate about what brings you joy and you know i'm getting three or four minutes of information a lot of salespeople get really excited and go man i want to i want to take this to the finish line what i tell people to do is how about at the end of that dialogue go what else it's just a two-word question what else and if you do that a couple times you can take one question and get 10 minutes of data points 10 minutes of emotional like connection and i'm telling you right now you how you frame that and and the joy i mean empathy really is i care about you and in selling you can if you're the prospect you can tell whether or not the person cares about you 
or if they care more about themselves. And I've just found that, um, you know, when you connect, you never have to close a sale. If you if you connect and you and you actively listen and you share what you think you can do to help a buyer or a business owner or a prospect out, why would they say no? It's just like this feels right. And there's this beautiful quote, Susan. It's like if two people don't want to do business together, the details won't make it happen, right? And if two people want to do business together, the details won't matter. We'll work it out. We'll figure it out. I love so that. the art and science of this is powerful. So I appreciate you asking that. It's just it's a uh, it's an art. It really is an art to slow down the conversation, to speed up the relationship. I'm noticing, even with the shows we produce and the things I encounter every day, the people that follow exactly what you're saying. I am so excited every time there's an email from them, a connection, a mention, a phone call, anything. I look forward to It's like, I get to spend more time with them. Yeah, yeah. Life's too short to do business with people you don't like. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> you know, so, so we're talking about connection, right? We're talking about connection and collaboration. For connection and collaboration to occur, there has to first be chemistry. And chemistry in a business relationship is no different than chemistry in a romantic relationship. Right. I'm attracted to you as a business professional. I want you to be attracted to me as a business professional. I want us to sync up because we believe in the same things. Because if I believe in efficiency and you like to wing it, we're probably not going to get along as well as if we both believed in either one of those, but at least believed in the same thing. And when you start to understand values and you start to understand how you can create a values match with your clients and the more that you share commonality in values, the tighter the relationship is. That's why the super glue takes over and why you said at the start of our time that you've got clients that, you know, you've been taking care of and serving for 20 plus years. And that's the beautiful thing about it. Um, Client turnover is very expensive and uh, you want to keep people forever. If you want your clients for life, you got to talk to them during their life. You got to help them during their life and you got to add value during their life. And then you don't have to, you don't have to prospect anymore because they'll be your sales engine. You know, a person that's happy with me and they're a client, they're going to tell everybody about me because I blow their mind and I listen, I have empathy and I, I take great care of them. So yeah. that's kind of fun. You can feel the heart you put into everything. Yeah. So do you believe some sales skills, some skills just can't be taught? Or can anyone be a great salesperson regardless of personality, education, ability? Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting. I don't think anybody's born, you know, a salesperson. I don't think we come out of the womb and go, I can't wait to sell something. Um, <laughs> but, but I also think there's a lot of skills in selling that you, you, you have to you have to go through a process. Um, and, and the process really starts with what do I have to do and am I competent? So I've got to first answer the question, am I competent at doing whatever the thing is? And then I have to also ask, if I'm not, do I have the DNA to be competent in that area? Is it worth my time to be competent in that area? And I tell people all the time that you don't want to necessarily work on your weakness. There's a reason why it's a weakness. And I tell people that you're better off doubling down and tripling down the time 
on things that you have the the skill set for the dna for so if you're naturally a people person you can probably achieve appointment setting competence and and you know interviewing competence and and those things much faster but if you don't have that kind of personhood it doesn't mean you're not a successful person it just means maybe I shouldn't spend my time getting good at that because it's just not a talent. And when you have competence, what ends up happening is you go to confidence. So any person trying to take any sales technique or idea or principle and they're competent at it, they do have to get confident at doing it. And then the third C, and this is where everything just kind of blows up and success just like feels like a, a an avalanche is I'm competent, I'm confident. And now because I'm confident, I'm consistent. So now I kick in compounding, right? And sales behavior is if I'm good at it and I love it and I can do it better, I can do it faster. And if I do it faster, I can do more. And if I can do more, I can make more. So I think everybody can get better. Everybody can learn to do things better. Um, some of the things you're just never going to be good at, and you probably shouldn't devote the time to getting good at that. That's a perfect opportunity to delegate you know, to a team member or something like that. And then at the end of the day, man, when you are good at doing something and you love it and you execute it, you do it faster, which creates your increase in profits per minute spent. And I get very, very analytical on how much are you worth? I mean, if an hour is an hour and you're pouring an hour of your lifeblood into whatever it is you do, what are you getting out? And, you know, we have coaching members and they start and the first time we do an analysis of how much money they're making per hour, you know, we have numbers that are like $50 an hour, $80 an hour, kind of, you know, in that range. Some, I think the lowest was $19 an hour. And then you look at a year into coaching and these people are making $700 an hour and they're not doing anything more. They just got good at the few things that make the sale work. And then it's easy because I, you know, if I don't, if I'm not good at it, I don't look forward to it. <laughs> if I'm good at it, then why would I not do it all the time? Like if I'm good at making sales calls, I want to make sales calls every minute of the day. I want to connect. I want to, you know, but if I'm, if I don't, then I got call reluctance, you know, and then I get busy doing all this other crap and I call that production. I do some Google searches. I, I don't like rejection. Well, you know what? You got to love rejection because rejection is the big teacher. Yeah. I don't want you to get rejected because you wing it. I don't want you to get rejected because you're not prepared. But when you figure out why you have call reluctance and you convert that based on like stuff we're talking about, like this mm -hmm. is a human being, like Susan, you're a real person. And I'm very excited about talking to you and calling you. And I've got an idea that I think is going to change your life. So now I go from call reluctance to call excitement. And I'm telling you, any senior leader, any CEO of a company, you want your sales team to wake up every day excited about making calls, excited about setting appointments. And if they're not, they're going to be busy, but they're not going to be productive. Okay, so you talked about the $15, $17, $50, an hour people transforming. You have to have a story to tell. <laughs> you have something you can share. I mean, people love happy ending stories. Yeah. To know, yeah, I can do it too. 
So I have, a, I have a gentleman, he, uh, he moved to America 15 years ago. He's from uh, Persia and uh, he came to our high trust sales Academy, which is a five day program, very intense, 400 page owner's manual kind of playbook. And we did the hourly rate exercise. And Arian came back and I asked, you know, I asked who's got, you know, something uh, less than $50 an hour. And there was probably 30 or 40 hands that went up and I kept coming down in tens. I got all the way down to uh, $20 an hour. A couple of hands went up and I said, is there anybody in the room that's making less than $20 an hour as a sales professional? And Arian put his hand up and he said, I am. And I said, Arian, thanks for being vulnerable. Thanks for being transparent. What's your number? And he goes, 19, $19 an hour. This is seven years ago when he got into our system. He was on our stage two years ago when we did our uh, live stream sales mastery event around the world. We had 44,000 people attend this event. He is now making $1,730 an hour. In seven years, he went from $19 an hour to almost $2,000 an hour. And he's not working harder. He's just working better. He's doing the things that... You know, the greatest exchange rate for anybody watching this is lifeblood. This is me. I'm going to give an hour of my life to business. How much do I want to get back from that hour? And so his story now is he wants to go to $3,000 an hour and he's going to get there. And just imagine how life changes when you can watch a 5, 10, 15, 20x on your revenue, not because you're selling harder, because you're connecting better. You're, you got higher trust. There's no objections when people trust you. They don't want to think it over when they yeah. trust you. They, they don't want to talk to somebody else when they trust you. They want to do business with you because they trust you. And, and they'll find any way to do it too. They, and even if you didn't fit, it's like, wait, a minute, I got to figure it out because I know we can do great things together. Right. Right. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. It's huge. So that's a great story. I also have a story of a single mom who wasn't planning on being a single mom. And um, she increased her revenue from $32 an hour to $756 an hour in 10 months. Oh my gosh. Her motivation, her motivation was her kids because she's a single mom. And she goes, I don't want to, <clears throat> I don't want to spend 40 or 50 hours a week. You know, I've got three kids. And so right. how do I get my revenue up? And we did that deal with her and um, uh, you could just, I mean, the tears that she shared at the end of her first year in coaching because she had cut her work week by, I think, 13 hours and went to $756 an hour. That's just like, that's just like crazy. Who wouldn't want that? Oh my gosh. I just think of being a mom and yeah. remembering wanting to volunteer whenever I wanted to, to do all the stuff. All right. That was what it was about. How can I get more time out to do what I really want to do. It's a huge question for everybody yeah. to ask because you don't get you don't get a second run at this thing. No. <laughs> this second is gone. And yep. you know, an hour is gone. Here's a sales technique that is productivity. Um, I started when I was 23, and one of the things I learned in my first month in selling is take five minutes out of every hour to review the previous 55 minutes. Were you on point? Were you dollar productive? You know, what were you doing to advance, you know, sales and appointments and follow up and, and all those things. And, and if you didn't in that 55 minutes do something that was dollar productive, 
make a pivot before you go through the next hour, because we all know that you could have a great plan for the day and stuff starts going sideways at 10 o'clock. If you don't control that, then pretty soon the day's over and you haven't been productive. So it's called the five minute rule. And I've been, I've, I've shared it with millions of people. People love it. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna stop. I'm gonna take a breath and I'm gonna look back on that 55 minutes. And I'm gonna go, okay, what worked, what didn't, what can I change in the next hour? And that vigilance is where you start to look at time journaling and start to realize I need to spend 80% of my day in dollar productive activities, period. If I'm in commission selling, I have to get there. And most are around 20, 25%. So anybody who's a leader watching this, you gotta get your sales teams up 3X because most of them are not spending the whole day selling. Now there's some prep time and there's some follow-up time, I get that, but there's a lot of downtime that looks like busy time. I'm wondering with, you've watched and tracked companies and people to see their progress and their success as they've been with you and they stay with you. And sometimes I would say they think they've graduated yeah. and they go away. And I'm wondering, I'm sure you still track some of those to see if they've continued. What do you think is the biggest cause that when they fall off the rails and slip back into bad habits? I think the, the, the one thing that comes to mind is that, you know, this idea of discipline, <clears throat> it's a real powerful word. Um, most people don't understand that when you hear that word, you link it, you have to link it to self-esteem. Ancient scriptures say that where there is no discipline, the person despises himself. And we know what we should be doing. And I don't like the word should because, you know, should do this, should do that. But we know what we should be doing if we're in professional selling. We should be selling. The habits are based on two things. That earlier discussion we had on competence mm -hmm. and confidence, because if I, if I have that, then I'm more likely to not fall off using your words and the other thing though is to really recenter why i'm doing what i'm doing in the first place we have this you know everybody understands uh, well i shouldn't say that most people have heard that you need to know your why and you know what is your deep motivation and and how does an action allow you to achieve something that is really emotionally important to you and what we do is we coach people that when you fall off of that kind of discipline we just need to get you reconnected with your why in the first place and then we need to we need to have and this is a very powerful idea we need to start celebrating micro micro victories if i've fallen off and i've had a slump you know, two week slump, 30 day slump, whatever. I need micro victories because the micro victory brings me back. And let's face it, we all have bad days. We all have days that we aren't feeling like we're at our best. And, but the big habits, I mean, if we understand habit formation and habit stacking, the big habits take nine to 12 months. You know, January 16th, 17th, and 18th is called quitters week. And that's the time that most people don't execute another day of a new year's resolution and what we know is every day they don't execute is a day that they've lost their energy their muscle their momentum and they get basically where you just kind of started this question off and they fall off we all know how to get back um the value of a coach is a coach will be bold a coach will be empathic a coach will help you get back on track I remember one coaching call I had as a coaching client in selling when I was getting started. And one of the commitments I made to this coach is I would work out three days a week. And I remember it was a Thursday and for what, and my call was on a Friday morning and I hadn't worked out yet. 
So on that Thursday, I worked out at breakfast, lunch, and dinner so that I could tell my coach, honestly, that I worked out three times this week. I didn't tell him it was all yesterday, but that was kind of how accountability plays a role in, in you know, especially if you're, if you got skin in the game, you know, if you're investing money into to being coached, you definitely want to pay attention to what your coach is saying because it's just, it's dumb otherwise. And so I think that for me, it's, it's like, we all know muscle memory. We all know that when you have momentum on your side, it feels good. It's hard to, hard to get stopped, but we all know we have bad days. We all know that we fall off. We all know that it takes a reset to get back on track. And I think, you know, discipline is a very powerful word. There's, there's regret of discipline and there's, you know, the pain of discipline and the pain of discipline weighs a lot less than the regret, the regret of discipline. Uh, Jim Rohn used to talk about that all the time. And, um, you know, this is our only life. We have to attack. We have to make our life work. And it's never over. We're still walking around. If we're still upright, we have things to do. We have dreams, you know. I was talking to my friend last night and Ken Blanchard, who's a good friend of mine. You know, I think he's in late 80s and, you know, he's still he's still manufacturing content to change leaders' lives around the globe. And uh, I'm never going to stop. I mean, I, I have freedom. I can do whatever I want to do. But this brings me alive right here. Having these conversations brings me alive. And why would I ever want to stop them? So we're excited about trust. It's just like most important thing to, to have. It's the easiest to lose. And you got to hang on to it at all costs. And the other piece I think that we're kind of dancing around a bit is you got to want it. And I think some people, if they really get ugly honest, they don't want it enough. And so then I end up going back, even with clients that they're not achieving what they wanted with results, with marketing results. Like, well, what do you really want? Okay, well, then it's going to circle back to you got to want this then to be able to get that there's some steps to get there. You can't just go right to end result. I want to be you know, viral. Well, that's not it. Right. And why do you want that? <clears throat> What's the goal of that? And it sounds like your sessions and your coaching digs into that to really identify it for them. And I mean, that brings me to your book, High Trust Selling. Mm-hmm. And there's no, I mean, there's so many books out there. I'm looking up on my shelf here in my office and I see I'm surrounded by friends author friends that have written books that I've read, that I've reviewed, or that I sometimes I haven't gotten to yet, but they're there. And it's a reminder of how important good people are to share their knowledge. So why is your book different? I think my book is different. And, it, and you know, when people first hear it, it kind of sounds like a, maybe like a foreign language, but you know, what high trust selling does that's unique and different than I think a lot of literature and a lot of books out there. And, and there's a lot of great books out there, you know, and, and, and nobody gets penalized for trying to uh, get a nugget out of a book, you know, but I think what, what makes our book attractive is our promise, our promise, the book's promise is you will make more money you will work fewer hours and you will have less stress. That's the promise of the book. And our book doesn't tell you to make more calls. Uh, Our book tells you to be better at every conversation. You don't have to increase your calls to increase your success. You have to increase your competence on those calls. We built the 14 laws of the book which are timeless and every one of them syncs up with the next law 
around five principles and the five principles, I mean, we all know that principles don't change. A principle is a principle. And if it's an irrefutable principle, it cannot be questioned. And so like one of the principles is everything can be improved. You can't refute that. And so you, you have to be about improvement. That's the first key of how to get great. And then if you're going to be about improvement, you're going to be doing things you've not done, which then kicks in the second principle, which is success can only be built on failure. And a lot of salespeople don't wake up thriving on failure. <laughs> failure is the absolute linchpin to have you learn how to do something differently and better. And, and you know, pointing to like a sales conversation, if I get really good at an hour conversation, I could probably get it down to 30 minutes. And if I get really good at a 30 minute conversation, I could probably get it down to 15. But success and failure are like brothers and sisters. It's like hot, cold, day, night, loud, soft. There's no such thing as success if there weren't also such a thing as failure. And so we got to put those things together and the wrong way is the right way because it teaches you a better way. I mean, that's just so powerful. The wrong way is the right way because it teaches you a better way. Those two principles alone are what our book is built on. And, you know, constant and never-ending improvement, getting great at what you are designed to be great at, and understanding that if you go with your skill, you can make anything happen. We're not about a bunch of scripts. We're not about here's how you close the sale. It's a lifestyle book on how to build a thriving business without working hard, working smart. I know that sounds like awfully trite. Everybody throws it out there, but smart. Like what is smart? Smart's going from $19 an hour to $1,737 an hour. That's smart. So it's a good promise. No, I, I ask people all the time, how many of you like the idea of making more money in less time with less stress? And every hand goes up. Of course. So that's our promise. <laughs> I think it's a great promise. And yeah. it sounds like you are delivering regularly. I think so. I hope so. Yeah. Millions, I think there are a lot of people, people that need you. They need yeah. your courses. They need your coaching. Yeah. Tell them how you want them to find you. Uh, just go to toddduncan.com. That's our, our mm -hmm. website and uh, where you can see a lot of our free resources. You can also follow me on social. Uh, all my handles except Twitter are Todd Duncan Official. So whether it's Instagram, LinkedIn, or uh, Facebook, Todd Duncan Official. And then on Twitter, I'm at Todd's Tweets. Todd's Tweets. All right. Yeah, but come to the website and look at some of the resources. We've got some video, got some downloaded white, downloadable white papers that can give people more information about what we do and how we do it and, and equip them to be great. And if you're all dipping a toe in, sign up for anything he offers. <laughs> sign up and you will see, okay, we need this. We need to commit. We need to do this. Make that part of your plan Amen. for success this year. Amen. Invest in yourself. I tell my team all the time, you have an extra two hours, take a course. Take something. Improve yourself every day. My friend Corey Frank from Branch 49 says one hour a day to learn something new that you can apply to your life every day yeah and so think what happens by the end of the year one percent a, a day think about getting one percent better a day 365 percent a year in 10 yeah. years you're like a, a superstar you know yes. it's uh and that's the other point just uh as we kind of get to the end of this is like what do people actually think is possible and you know i i reject the idea that you got to spend your whole life working I mean, I like the idea of doing what you do because you're good at it, which isn't work. But I also like the idea that legitimately, if, if most people take 30 years to produce this result, and that's the result you want, would you like to achieve that in 30 years or would you like to achieve it in 10? Right. And that's the promise of high trust is you will get further along faster with less stress and more economic energy than 
anything I've ever seen out there. And it's just the people that follow it have this beautiful life. You said at the very start, we, we love helping people fall in love with their yes. life. Business and life are together. And if you don't manage the business, life is compromised. And what happens off the job is super important. And what happens on the job is super important. But one cannot be the robber of the other when it's life and lifeblood that we're sacrificing. So run the business well. The better you get at business, the better business gets for you. And the better you can really decide where yeah. is your passion, where is your joy? Yeah. What yeah. gets you excited to hit the floor running, I giddy, to get to your your phone, your desk, whatever it is that you're using? Yeah. Amen. My dad was an accountant and decided at the age of 30 he wanted to be a doctor, and he spent 10 years becoming a doctor and started his practice when he was 40. I'll never forget that. He decided to pursue joy. And that's life, you know, and, and there's so much joy in selling if you do it right and do it well for the right reasons. I think people that are in sales get to meet more interesting people. Great. than just about any other profession. That's so great. It's yeah. a gift. Totally. Todd Duncan, thank you so much for being a guest today. I appreciate your time, getting to know you and being able to share out everything that you do. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you and appreciate the time and let's do it again. I um, love that. We'll have to go over the rest of those rules and those <laughs> principles. There's a lot we more. Can, a lot I know, more. we can do it. <laughs> Everybody, right, this here. has been Susan Finch with Rooted in Revenue and on Funnel Radio Group. And we would love to have you follow us, share it, share out. If you want to be a guest, let me know. If you think of a guest that might have some great tips, just like Todd is. Oh, my gosh. This was a wonderful gift that I received via email. It's like, hey, you might want to consider having Todd Duncan on your show, and this is why. And I read through. I said, oh, man, he's a match. I would love to have him on. <laughs> Felt great. Felt great. Terrific. Thank you so much. Cheers. Never miss an episode. Check out rootedinrevenue.com and subscribe on the site to get weekly updates of when new episodes come out. Or find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio. We want to be where you are, so go subscribe. We'll get you all the information you need to do your best with marketing of events and your online presence. <laughs>